Welcome to Beyond the Frontline Podcast, where your hosts, U.S. Air Force veterans, Donna Hoffmeyer and Jay Johnson will help you transition from the front line to the home front. Listen every other Wednesday as they will bring great conversations, resources, tips, and feel-good stories that will resonate and relate. Now, here's your hosts, Donna Hoffmeyer and Jay Johnson. Hey, everyone. It's Donna with Beyond the Front Line, and I am here getting ready to do a wrap-up of our veteran treatment court with my partner in crime over here, Jay Johnson. Hello, Jay. Uh, what part of that am I? The partner, the crime? What? How does this whole dynamic work? You, you are know? the partner oh. and the crime. Oh, I'm both. I wondered. <laughs> I, you know, we throw that out there, and I've always been curious which of the which side of the equation I fall on. No, you're the crime. You know what? And I was just <laughs> here. Talking, it goes. I was just talking about you the other day, not not in a bad way, oh, but uh, somebody was asking me um about like how i got involved with things and this story has come up many times about uh people getting out of the military and then we're gun shy right we don't really know what we want to do and what do we do we just kind of stay home take a breath you know unless we're going to jump into a job but like for me i needed a break and i didn't have to go back to work and so people were like how did you get involved in like the eighty-two thousand things i'm doing (laughs) <laughs> and I said, well, it all started with a guy named Jay Johnson. And the point I was actually making, I was being funny, but the point I was making was like, it sometimes takes someone to kind of say, hey, come to this. Mm. I'll be there. Right. Because as everybody hears me and they think I'm probably a loud mouth and, you know, sassy and extroverted and all this stuff, you know me and I'm actually pretty shy in that initial go out there, I'm like, oh, people don't want to hear me. I talk too much or whatever. You say all those negative things. And so you just don't. And then you're over there like, hey, come do this with me. Or (laughs) hey, try that. Or hey, come on out here and join this committee and be my co-chair or whatever the heck it is you're doing. Well, and what's fun in all of this, and you've given me grace about this, you know, but I was involved in so much. I feel like we've talked about this even before on a podcast, but I was involved in so much that I finally hit a little bit of a burnout. You did. And because I hit that and and you have to take, you know, that inward kind of reflective look and you, the only one that can fix that when you're in those situations oftentimes is you. Yes. Sometimes people could be around you and say, I'm not going to let you do that because you, but yeah, but a lot of it are things that we say yes to or things that changes we have to make in our life. So I started to really dial back, which left you, (laughs) left you at that point involved in some things that I had brought you into. And yet you're still soldiering on, right? Yes, it Uh, did. Yeah. Mr. Johnson. Yes, it did. But it's fun for me in this regard though, because you're not doing them. Well, that too, that too, that's true. But it's fun for me to get to watch you now in this light, like uh, not this month, but last month I attended the veterans breakfast that, you know, we started and, and I have not been there in a few months. And so when I was there last month, I went to support a friend who was, you know, one of the speaker sponsors yeah. that day. Uh, but it was fun for me because I had been removed and you've, you know, kind of stepped up a little bit more even than you were. You were already doing a lot. And it was fun for me to sit back and just watch you, the way you engage people, the way you now interact. So even though the shyness part or the more reserved part is what I will say of your personality, mm-hmm. you do a really amazing job today of, of 
turning on when you need to turn on and then being authentically you and having that time you need for you uh, in a really balanced way. At least that's my observation. It's like they, an they can ugly, do it really well. It's an ugly teeter-totter. That's what I would call it. <laughs> well, like, I, I, that's one great example because I like to say when people are looking for balance in their life, it's like four tires on a car. Yeah. You notice one tire is low, you put air in it, but you put all your attention on this one tire and what happens to the others, if you're not careful, yeah. they also will. So you're never in a perfect place of balance. No. So when you use teeter-totter, that's a really great example. It, yeah. You remember when you were kids, when when we had those, we don't have those nice teeter-totters yeah. they have now. We have those wooden ones that give you splinters up your butt. Yeah. Oh. And the big kids would get on one side to see if they could fling the little yeah. one aside. Yeah. Or someone would jump off. Or jump. Yeah. Around, jump off. Because they're funny. Land. land on your tailbone. That's probably why we all have spinal decompression. Uh, probably. It's not the military. It's it was the, the bad teeter-totters. Don't, don't tell the VA that. Yeah, don't, <laughs> that was a pre-existing. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. So. You know what? No, no, Donna, I think this a little bit that we're talking about. I think this is unique to uh, veterans. I think this is unique oh, to yes. military service, which is when we sign the agreement to enter the United States military in whichever branch of service, we're really signing it open-ended for anything that may come. No guaranteed time off. Mm -hmm. Your duty is your duty, regardless of how many hours a day that looks like. You've been deployed. I've been deployed. Many of our listeners, I bet, who are veterans have been deployed. And those are some long days. And and when I left the deployed environment in particular, I'm going to bring this home. I'm going to tie this together to set up what we're going to talk about. I had been there for eight months straight and uh, no real downtime. And so yeah. mentally I was fried, yep. right? I was so tired, mentally fatigued. And it, and it takes time to decompress. Well, we have such unique experiences in the military. And mm -hmm. some of those things happen to us and we suppress them. They stay hidden. And then because those things are there, though, people may make unconsciously poor choices that there could be some correlation yeah, to those survive. things they experienced. And, and that's what brought this series up. You're the one that said we had to do a series on this, this, this little thing called Veteran Treatment Court. Yeah. And uh, we did an amazing series, I think, Donna. So I'm just going to turn that to you and let you kind of talk about what we what we did in this series as as we begin to wrap up. Yeah, I I don't disagree. It was an incredible series because it again, like a lot of my life, it was a happenstance. <laughs> and so through another book author that happened to be a veteran and and he happened to work for the Veteran Treatment Court in San Antonio yeah. in the Bear County and told me about what they did. And I thought, wow, you know, our, our chamber veteran council, that's what we could do. We could do an event for them of yeah. some sort. And so it never could seem to materialize. And I'm after many, many decades, <laughs> finally realized like when things aren't materializing, it's not the right time. Right. Right. So I, I let it go. He ended Seasons. Up, yeah. Yeah. He ended up getting a, a different job. And then at the same time, our chamber president, Rhonda said, you know, Donna, the, for the Veteran Treatment Court in Comal County, the judge is extremely engaged. Yeah. And so I said, oh, well, let's talk. And we did. And that started a whole bunch of other things. It started the Veteran Awareness Initiative that's just got kicked off. Yeah. And it then I happened to mention it to our executive director, what was going on. And initially, 
God bless you, Cindy. She was trying to say, we should start a new podcast on that. I'm like, God bless it. No, I can't start more. My husband will kill me. <laughs> but I said, you know, I think we definitely have enough for a series yeah. to do this series. And here we go, right? We have veteran treatment for series. And I mean, we hit almost every angle. I, I think I said in the other podcast, we missed the lawyers they it was nothing uh to do with them specifically just our schedules yeah they have it's a tough. little bit more labile schedules and then we couldn't get the uh, veteran justice officer um that's the liaison between the veteran treatment court and the va and i was really bummed about that because um you know the va has many of its own struggles and this would have been nice to highlight something that they do that a lot of people don't know about yeah. that's a real positive but um they were not game and so we were like okay no problem but other than that i mean we covered the gamut we so covered started the, gamut. With the judge yes and uh concluded with someone who went through the veteran treatment, treatment court, court yep. talked to somebody who it may have benefited had it been in place yeah. uh just uh, the full gamut on this series and and i shared with you and, and with our listeners when we started doing this i've never heard of it and yet they're in every state right you don't they're, know what you don't almost know every county yeah unbelievable until this came to light and we did this series i honestly had very little awareness of any of this well likewise i mean and matter of fact what was really interesting was when i brought out um the veteran treatment court case manager from Bear County, I yeah. brought him to the veteran breakfast to speak. And he got to talk about his story and what he does. And I remember one of our friends, Tony whips around and looks at me when he, he's hearing about this veteran treatment court. And he's like, Donna, did you know about this? And yeah. I'm like, well, I do now. I mean, that's why I brought him out. And he was just mind blown yeah. it's, it's at all this because why? because we hold all veterans near and dear to us. Yeah. And when we see those veterans that have made decisions because they are struggling, right? Um, and these decisions are leading them into legal issues and criminal issues, it rips our heart apart right. because we know that that is not who right. they are. Right. They, these are not people that are like, yeah, I think I'm just going to shoot up or I'm just yeah. going to drink. I mean, I, I remember one time it kind of broke my heart. It was a little humorous because I'm a nurse and we have warped medical humor. But he said to me, he was struggling with PTSD. And I said, you know, are you using any drugs or alcohol? And he goes, you know, he goes, I was drinking a bottle of Jack a night. And it didn't do anything for me. And I just yeah. stopped. And I kind of chuckled because I thought, what an interesting comment. He was lucky in one yeah. sense. He could just put it down so that didn't work. He was able to just cold turkey. Yeah, yeah, there are many others that it, it didn't. It was right. a stepping stone. Maybe it started with drugs. Maybe it moved to uh, serve with alcohol and then moved to drugs. And, you know, gambling, sex addiction, those are all coping mechanisms, right? right. We, we don't. Eating, I mean, food we have to have to, to live, but it also can be a coping can, mechanism. Sure. So so we know all these people um, really had a rough go. And I think what we highlighted in the series very well is that, and we asked some of the people we interviewed, how many of these people are dealing with PTSD? And remember, they were like, oh, every single one yeah, of them. Almost everybody. It's a unique is. part of military service. Even yes. if you don't deploy, there are things that 
are just so uniquely ingrained in the culture and things that we experience that, you know, someone who is not serving wouldn't be subjected yes. to. I think of two right off the top of my head. So mortuary affairs, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there is oh, Justin, I forgot his last name. Sorry, Justin, if you're listening, but he works at Warriors Heart. Okay. It's a nonprofit uh, rehab yeah. out on the west side of San Antonio. And he wrote a book. And of course, it's slipping my head right now. But um, I think it was No More Tears or mm. I can't remember the the name of it. But it was his experience on receiving all these soldiers one after the other and what they did and how these guys in mortuary affairs were suffering yeah. from like a secondary PTSD sure. from dealing with this over and over yeah. on a mass level. Right. right. Yep. So there's that. And then the other one, the RPAs, mm -hmm. the pilots that are flying the drones and the teams that are flying the drones. It's not just a pilot. There's usually a team. Right. right. And I remember when the, the drone, was just kind of coming up, right? And I've heard this many times. I just listened to another podcast and, and the guy, he was a lawyer and he said the same thing. He's like, when they're saying, oh, these guys are dealing with like PTSD, he's like, I was like laughing. He's like, oh, come on. You're like, you sit in your Christy chair, you play a video type game. And he goes, and boy, what an idiot was I was. Yeah. And I've worked with some of those guys. I worked with a commander of an RPA unit and he's like, it's real, Donna. He goes, it is so real. He goes, I had a female RPA pilot. He goes, did a mission that day. It didn't go well. And typically when you hear it didn't go well, there's civilians or children involved. Yeah. Um, and she went home that night and she had a two-year-old child. And he goes, I could not get her back in the seat from yeah. that day on. It absolutely crushed her. Yeah. And I was like, well, I think wow. just from the human aspect of it, right? We have a common friend. I don't want to say his name, uh, but I, I bet you'll know. And because I bet he shared this with you, but I've heard him say that things he directly participated in that resulted in loss of life, many of them bad guys, right? Yep. Uh, that get put into an award package, right? You get recognized for fulfilling the mission that was given to you. Yes. Uh, and and doing it in an, in the appropriate way, you know, when you're in, you feel this sense of, man, I did my job. It's this mission piece. But then one day he said he woke up and started reflecting on those same very things. And it had a very different feel to him. Moral and injury. It, moral injury. And it really hurt him. And, uh, you know, I, not to presume that this only happens to men and women serving in the military. I'm sure that our police officers oh, and, yeah. and other people, first yes. responders get, you know, unfortunately see and are parts of, you know, some things, too, that cause. Them. Well, I um, bring up to our friend that she was um, a police officer during 9-11. Oh, yeah, very much. So. Right. Yeah. I'll bring one close to home because a lot of people don't know. But Jay was actually involved with. Uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, right? the Murrow bombing, Oklahoma City going in and sifting rubble afterwards. I yeah. still, I've shared that with you. Yeah. There's still things that I just continue to think on. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's tough. Yeah. And, and you take that, right? Yeah. And you have, 
reflections, you, know, you flash back into it and mm -hmm. think about it and stuff, and it changes your being, yeah. right? You have that experience that you hope nobody else ever has, but then there's another part of you that you're like, I have an insight that nobody else has, yeah, that's right? right? And it changes you. And sometimes people cannot overcome that. And sometimes they make this decision that has caused, it just compounds it, right? Yep, yep. They end up with poor choice, poor choice, seeking, I don't, I didn't mean to step on you, yeah, but, you're fine. but see, seeking escape or right. Escapism. A means of, yeah, yes. to deal Escapism. with whatever is and weighing on Add us. to the fact, I, I actually remember a friend of mine worked, um, she works at Secretary of the Air Force level. Yeah. And she was going to work for the JAI, Joint mm. Artificial Intelligence. Mm. And they were trying to do predictive analysis right. on uh, people coming into the military. So essentially what they're doing is they're trying to profile people like on a mass level to be able to say that this person's chance of suffering from compound issues is high. And at what point do they not want to accept those people. Now that's yeah. very brief. Yeah. No, I'm sure you. there's a lot more detail to it. But I remember we're talking about it and I laughed and I was like, oh, okay. So basically you're not gonna have anybody in the military because you do understand that a lot of people that join the military are doing it for structure in a life that they didn't have previously. That's true. Who was that one was of me. our one of our yeah and james eastland james right when eastland. we interviewed him so true yeah if you guys haven't Tough. heard his podcast oh please go, go back and listen one. to it yeah i mean when she says that when you say that donna to you our connected listeners, with him like that yeah we, we donna and i did an episode as part of this veteran treatment court with james so when we say go back and listen to his podcast we mean one of our episodes yes beyond the front lines as part of the veterans treatment court and and that's exactly that's exactly it, Donnie. You're right. Yeah. And so I was like, what population are you going to have? Because yeah. that a lot, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would say a good percentage of people come into the military that have had unstructured lives or maybe abused lives, and then they come in to get away from that. And so now what you deal with are is complex PTSD right. because they have childhood and they and have adult. And right. I, I will tell you, I'm making a little soapbox here. When my last job, this was something I would kind of lose my mind over, is that when we had people in our program, and just a very brief overview, these were garden reserves that got injured in a duty status, we would either keep them on orders or put them back on orders to help them get their medical care through the military, which is what the military was designed to do, right? If you got hurt on orders, the military takes care of you. Okay, well, having said that, um, I remember that a lot of times they would try to nitpick and they would say, oh, well, what is the root of their problem? And what they were trying to find out was, did they have childhood issues? Mm -hmm. And I would come back every time and say, it doesn't matter. Right. You know why? Because the military accepted them. That's the right. military put them Took through responsibility. Their, yes, put them through their own pieces and caused whatever trauma, obviously unintentionally, but it's there cause that trauma and sometimes intentionally. And now they have complex PTSD because they were running and trying to find a way to yeah. survive. Right. And maybe they didn't handle it all right, but they were doing the best they could. And they came in the military to do better. And maybe that wasn't all dealt with. 
and boom, here we are. So you get to own it. That's right. There you go. Right. Oh my God. That was always a point of contention for me. Yeah. No, see, that's real. And I think that's what I hope our listeners have been able to mine from this series, which is don't just assume that when you look at someone in this case, specifically talking about veterans, that they have it all figured out and they have it all together and uh, that the choices they made were just bad. Yes. Yes. And who hasn't, can we just go there? Who hasn't among us, any one of you listening to this hasn't made a bad decision in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Every one of us to greater or lesser degrees have made a poor decision in our life. Some of us, it has greater ramification on the back end of whatever that decision was. But but we all have something. And what came to light and what has been amazing about learning about these veteran treatment courts, and as you eloquently pointed out, exist virtually, if not entirely, in every county around the United States as a uh, mechanism, a vehicle to address veterans specifically who may have some underlying things that played a part in some poor choices they made to to they have to agree to participate in the program it has high expectations it has very strenuous guidelines and boundaries or gates that they have to achieve but if they do all of that for anything below felony i think that's what we talk about right has to be below felony level if they get accepted into these programs on the back end of that, after they have completed the program, uh, they have an opportunity to have that expunged. Is Either that, expunged is that right? or, or the record can be hidden, one of the hidden. two, so it doesn't And it reflect. gives them a chance to get the care they need, to get to the underlying issues, yes. and hopefully to allow them to be more productive and make better decisions. And in some cases, their give back is to become one of the mentors to them. Look at Wolf, right? Oh, he was amazing. I love Wolf. And now he has become a mentor to other people now with one less toe. I was just about to say, if (laughs) I was literally about, I don't even expand on that. I love it because... If you're listening to this and you're thinking, what did she just say? You have to go listen. You've got to go listen to the episode with with (laughs) Wolf uh, because it's it's real. You want to talk about an amazing human being. He was Uh, amazing. uh, Just like Carla, right? Very vulnerable. Just, hey, here's the kinds of things I did, what I fell into. But it was where he was when we conducted the interview and what he was undergoing in that time. People need to go listen to that. But the program worked for Wolf. And today he's mentoring. Yes. And he is mentoring. And so, and Carla, you know, Carla is giving back, right? Carla is giving back on a high level. She's amazing. And, and she's working, you know, they're they're writing letters to Congress. You know, I mean, she sits at tables with very influential people now and, and, you know, you, you know what I loved She's about just the interview. Amazing. You know what I loved about the interview with Carla is no regret, really. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hear any of that in her voice. It was lessons learned. How can I take and apply what I've learned? How can I share it with others? How can I be an advocate for others? How can I give back help? It was just all forward, optimistic, hopeful. Yes. Uh, and and I love people like that, right? Because again, I I think we talked about this during the interview with her. Not a single one of us are going to make it through this thing called life without a few nicks and dings along the way. So instead of wallowing in that, right, she was talking about how we can use that yeah. to benefit others. And we're all terminal. 
Yeah. I mean, and I'll, I'll tell true. you a funny story. That's true. So a little plug for what's coming up is yeah. that uh, Coming Home Well, the parent podcast is is in collaboration with another network called Whole Care Network. Very right? cool. And these guys are all about the caregiver side, right? Yeah. And everything would do with caregiving and not just military, you know, sure. not just veterans, stuff. Sure. across the board caregiving, right? And so they have all kinds of angles and different podcasts with that. Well, we did a promo, and unfortunately, you couldn't be at it. Sure. We did say hi to you. Oh, good. But um, we did <laughs> the promo and just saying, like, hey, this is what's coming. And Susie Landolfi, who is one of our podcasters on Coming Home Well, and she does Be Crazy Well. She's a therapist. Mm -hmm. She's 73 years old. I say this because she does not look her age. Wow. And she has so much life in her. I love people. Like and she says, she goes, you know, she goes, it's great. I woke up this morning and life is good, right? Every day I get to wake up, life is good. She goes, because we don't have forever, yeah. right? We don't. Yeah. And she's like, I'm 73. There's reality here, right? <laughs> and she is just living life to the fullest. The, the lady still boxes three times a week. Oh. Um, with one of George Foreman's son. No I don't want to get in a scrap with her. Right. And so she just really, that's what I aspire to be. I, I told my kids, I'm like, I'm going to be the grandma that's going to have the hot pink hot pants. And I'm going to spoil the grandkids. I'm going to come flying in the door. And my daughter was like, I sadly can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of had a mental picture too of all of that. You know, when you talk about the being, all of us are terminal meaning there, we, there's an end point for all yes. of us. I have another way I say that. And I'm a simpleton, you know, because I grew up in Oklahoma. <laughs> I, I like to say we're all on the same train. We're just going to get off at different platforms, That's, right? Yeah. We don't know when that will be. Uh, but at the end of the day, we ought to enjoy this thing we have because it's not a dress rehearsal. No. Right? We don't get to do this, figure it all out, and then we get another go. No, no. This is the go. So we either learn and keep moving forward and, and stay in this thing because what's the alternative? To throw our hands up and just say, I quit? Right. And that's I don't not want fun. That. No, I don't And want that. I'll tell you, when you find the like-minded people, so you and I clicked, I swear to God, like instantly. Pretty, pretty quickly. Really yeah. fast. And and we probably, we didn't know really anything about each other. No, we did we, not. I don't that's, know, just somehow no, we clicked, right? That's true. And I will tell you, through Jay dragging me to things that I thought I'd never <laughs> go to, and like, I would hear stuff I'm like, what's a chamber? I don't know. Yeah. And then off he drags me and I'm like, networking. Oh my God, please don't make me that. a networking <laughs> meeting. You actually need to network. Dragged me to that. You know, he, he brought me into these things that I, I didn't tell you, I, I went only cause he was there and being nice. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll do it. Cause I like him and okay, I'll be kind. And then I started to see the value because the value was not to me. It was not, I get to meet all these business owners, like whatever. That yeah. wasn't my thing. It was meeting people that thought like me. I yeah. was like, whoa, other well, people are my speed. And we lose community when we step out of uniform. Yes. Right? Because we have this you really have tight find, knit group and you got to find another yes. community. And I will tell you, crazy things happen. And I will tell you one of the things that happened, because I just asked you about to do this the other day, yeah. is that I... I am in my own networking group now. Lord help me, but I am. Social, full social butterfly, everybody, no matter what you hear. She is out there. I'm out there. Yeah. So anyways, I made a comment. We were talking about, because we talk about other things that we're doing besides our business. And right. I, I made this comment about working uh, with veterans and veteran advocacy. And I said, you know, one of my goals 
is to get a, cause we have, well, let me preface. We have two people in our group. One sells tickets for yeah. the Spurs and one sells tickets for SAFC, the soccer team right. and missions. Right? right. Right. And so they, I said, one of my goals is to get a suite or a box at one of those events, baseball, soccer, or basketball. Yeah, you didn't preface. Right. I said to, to get that. I said, because I'll tell you, this is what happened. We have, it's military night at some event. And I said, and don't think we're not grateful because we are. But the frustrating part is that sporting event is selling the tickets and the nosebleed seats that they can't normally really That's sell. True. And they're shoving us up in there going, look what we did for veterans. And you're like, yes, thank you. Yeah. Grateful, yes, because it Very is much. free. But at the same time, I come back with, we can do better, right? Yeah. So this was what I said. Not kidding you, two weeks later, roughly, um, I have one of the real estate agents come up to me. He's a veteran. He goes, you have a box, you have a suite at the missions game. I said, I what? He goes, we're doing this. We have three suites. Now we're not doing it to say, look, you get a suite and veteran come in and look oh, at yeah, that. Oh yeah, look at us, no. They, Nothing to do yeah. with that. We are bringing people into an environment that they are able to engage with other people and watch a baseball game because yeah. you can't be out in the seats doing this. Right. Yeah. And so the intent is that the veterans get to come in and they get to talk with other people that some of them are business owners and veterans. Some of them are non veterans and yeah. business owners and just to meet them as people. Yeah. They all know they cannot sell to the veterans. They can exchange phone numbers. They can talk. They can do all that stuff. They're not to sell them anything. Yeah, it would be very time. disingenuous, yes, wouldn't it? Right to, so. to have this opportunity and get them in a room and then right. throw down sleazy sales pitches right. at them. That's you not can what send all your saying. swag. I'm like, can we bring swag? I said, it's truckloads of it. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. All that yeah. yeah. Military people love wearing swag. So we'll yeah. go out there and represent a brand. Absolutely. But come on in and tell, let people, you be vulnerable to our veterans and say, hey, what you're seeing this was the mountain I had to climb. And these are the ones I'm still climbing. And these are the cliffs I fell off. And this is how I picked myself up. And life isn't always rosy, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And you're going to find your community. And you don't know out of that, people are like, oh, there are people that think like this. Because people like me, and I'll say me specifically, because I do have a very squirrely brain and I am a very <laughs> visual thinker. Like I think big vision and I could get all the way down to the technical aspects. It doesn't, it didn't in my world, always drive in the military. Sure. They're very closed minded in some realms. I 100% right? agree. So Stove pipe. That's what I call it. Stove pipe. So here yeah. I am like thinking, I'm like, oh, this would be great. And I was getting shut down in every corner. And after eight years of that, you get exhausted. Yep, after really sure. 21 years of it, you get exhausted. So I get to create. This was it's literally fun. handed to me. And I'm like, oh my God, people that think like I do. And I've heard more yeses in the last two and a half years yeah. than I have heard in the entire military career. Well, it's fun, Donna. And I think that's another you know, point to just call out about your own growth and maturation in this new place in life, post-military for you is you're finding your niche. You're finding your voice. I love to say to people when I'm coaching you don't get what you don't ask for. I mean, mm -hmm. you you painted a picture, you threw it out there, and unbeknownst to you, somebody picked up what you put down and said, you know what, we're going to make this happen. I'm asking and for an island next to No, you. we need an island. Yes, we want. <laughs> Military veteran uh, island. Yeah, there we go. I think I think that'd be amazing. There was something else you said a little while ago as we get ready to wrap this yeah. up that, that I think is important. You said, hey, when we met, we clicked pretty quickly. 
I just feel like it's good for people to know this. This doesn't mean Donna and I agree on every nuance of everything. We have philosophical differences on things. But you know what works with you and I is when we come together as friends and we're collaborating as friends and we care about each other as friends, we avoid the things that could be pitfalls just to support one another yeah. Love one another and express value and appreciation for well, one another. Well, it would you know? be boring. And the world would look so much better if people could could quit doing those kinds yeah. of things that create division. Yeah, right? because it doesn't, there's not one thing that defines us. That's true. And I think 100%. in this crazy time and space right yeah. now, we, we, we put there's a lot of that. Yeah, we're boxing them. <laughs> it's true. And yeah. I have friends of every faith, religion, spirituality, yep. atheist, agnostic, you name it, yep. political affiliation, yep. everything. Yep. And um, I just look for the middle of that. Like, is your me core too. good? Yeah, and too. if it is, we, we can connect. And I so agree. I guess, you know, we kind of went off on a little side talks, but it all wraps into the same thing to me, which is when you're getting out, if you are struggling, there is so much out there. And if you're not sure what to do, find start with a veteran friend that you trust and and get to know them and your veteran friend trust their circle. Yeah. Because that's how I did it. I was like, I don't know who to reach to because I don't trust all these weird people that I don't know anything about. <laughs> They're all and, and Jay actually kind of hit it home to me because networking, I hate the word. I still hate the word. Um, and he's like, Donna, here's another way to think about it. Because this is how I do it. I just get to know people and then if it resonates mm. then i t think about doing business with them but i got to get to know them first before i'm ever ever thinking about doing business and i'm like oh that totally makes sense to me right yeah, yeah I, I think we've said this in a previous episode too you know people do business with those they know like and trust Authentic. and trust is a key piece of it yes. there are some people who will not like you unless they trust you and then there's others who will not trust you unless they, they like, like you, you right so it it's just this little nuance inside of that but it may maybe since you expressed this aversion to the word networking maybe we should just call it relationship building yeah right? that's just, a better term yeah just get out relationship building. yeah just get out and love people donna fun as always in studio with you what an amazing series what are your final thoughts this was your baby uh, this BTC. Putting the baby to bed. <laughs> but a lot of good stuff has come out of it. And um, the one thing we actually want to tell everybody is that we are actually going to take a break for the summer because as much as Jay and I love doing this, and we do because we light up every single time we come in here sure. and we love meeting all these people, um, we are both slammed and swamped and we have families and it's summertime and we have the luxury of having our own business and setting it up how we want it to yeah, look that's right. and so we do the podcast absolutely willingly freely voluntarily labor of love Just absolute labor, of love. labor of love but we also know that in order to do this really well we actually need to take some breaks. And our executive director, she's the one that kind of was like, you guys should take a break. You've been she going must have heard it in my voice, you think? She I must write have said, Jay sounds Jay's tired. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> she's like, take a break. And, and she's just awesome. You know, Cindy hides in the background and she's like, oh, she I'm awesome. back there. But she didn't like to come out, but I always tease her. She really is the one that makes all this yeah, happen. She's good. And she really does care. Absolutely. Uh, she, you know, she really said, like, I think you guys should take a break. 
But this doesn't mean they're going to get a break if they choose to listen, because I think yeah, the Cindy, they're going to they're going to replay some. Yeah, the podcasts are, are there. They're howls. They're out there. You can yes. pull these up. They're not going anywhere. We're just going to be off. I think the last one comes out because you know we pre-record, so the last one comes out. This is this one will come out July-ish, mm-hmm. and then we'll be you'll hear from us again probably starting about September time yeah. frame. Yeah, absolutely. That's okay. It's good. Yeah, it's fun. You know what? It might be a good time too just to plug our listeners and say, hey, listen, while while we're yes. recharging our batteries, maybe it's a good time for you to kind of think about things you would like us to cover and yes. share some ideas with us That's and say, you know what I would love to hear, Donna and Jay, and and drop drop us a line. We say that at the end of most of these things. Yes. Like, follow, share. Uh, because we want to be a voice and an advocate for for our listeners but we also want to hear from you because we need to know what you would you know love to have us advocating on or how we could best benefit you i'll tell you a secret about jay oh here we go jay so i'm the extrovert introvert jay is a complete extrovert like he is energized by people i get energized and then i need to go recharge like with a book or sit at home for a little bit but he is thoroughly energized by people so when we don't hear from our audience, <laughs> he will say to me, I don't know if we're getting to anything. That's true. And That's he has true. said this numerous times to me. And so I'm, I'm finally outing it, is yeah. that he loves to hear. And, and when I say loves to hear, I do not mean, oh, Jay, I think you're awesome. That's true. It is not that. He loves to hear people's thoughts. He loves to hear people's stories. And we yeah. both do. Don't get me wrong. I love it just as much. But I'm one of those people that I'm all like, I know it's getting out there. I'm good. We're moving. And I know there's people I like are hearing feedback. it. Yeah. Jay loves to hear it. I and I would be a liar not to say I didn't like it also. But he really enjoys people Engagement. saying, I like this because of that. Yeah. I loved hearing this. Thank you for that resource true, true. because it helped. Or we would like to hear something about this. That's so, true. Be kind to Jay. And over the summer, <laughs> please send this boy yeah. an email. Yeah, drop drop us something. Just just let us know. It's funny to hear you say you have a complete extrovert and gets recharged by being around people. That's true, except when it's people in cars all around me. I don't like traffic. Oh, no, you don't. Yeah, oh, no, my Lord, no, that's you do a totally, not. entirely different experience. <laughs> it's a whole different co- <laughs> If we did a podcast while he was in a car, you would shut the podcast off. Yeah, you would say, wow, I never heard that side of before. That's, uh, <laughs> so, that's true. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. That's right. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. We will see you guys uh, probably in September. Uh, please, again, give us your thoughts because we have no problem researching or building yeah. a new content list with what you guys would find interesting. So, Jay? No, nothing. Just we're very grateful, thankful for all of you. Yep. We really do seek to bring our best every time we step into this. Don, I hope you have an amazing summer Likewise. Uh, time with kiddos. Yep, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some big things over the summer and can't wait to get back in September. Me too. So, all right, everybody, on behalf of Coming Home Well and our podcast, Beyond the Front Line, we hope you guys have an amazing summer and we will catch up with you in the fall. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode and supporting our veteran and veteran caregiver community. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, 
BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or a video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, that is better H-E-L-P, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from an office therapy, but with a therapist who's custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Visit betterhelp.com slash comminghomewell to access a 10% discount. Sign up today to make your mental health a priority. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Frontline, a podcast of Coming Home Well. Join us every other Wednesday. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well.